Josh. It's hey. uh, great to have you on. I, you know, we are. I don't usually host our, our podcast, but I'll, I'll try to do some justice to, to Jason here. Welcome everyone to the latest episode of That's a Rap podcast. As you notice, it is myself, Jay, and no Jason and no Dre. I've actually kicked them out of today's meeting. I want to do this one solo. We are joined today by the, oh, this pains me to say this, former <clears throat> uh, Raptors HQ Editor-in-Chief Josh Kern, uh, officially former, but uh, was the editor for two years. Wonderful as job. I uh, Welcome. How, how are you doing, man? Hey, thanks, Jay. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. Uh, yeah, enjoying my retirement so far. It's only, uh, <laughs> you know, been a day and a half, but uh, so far, so good. <laughs> uh, we are, you know, when we record these, we normally have a video component. We don't, you know, share that with, with everyone. We just share the audio. But uh, I will inform all the listeners that no, he does not have a pina colada in hand. No, he is not sitting on a beach just yet. But uh, we'll take his word that he's enjoying his retirement so far. You know, what, um, you know what I do have, Jay? What do you have? What do you have? My championship ring. Oh, love the championship <laughs> ring. You know what? I, I have that in a very accessible spot. I should be wearing that more often. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the occasion for you wearing the, the ring? Is it because it's finals time? Is it because you're on That's a Wrap? Well, what's the occasion? It's it's 100% because I'm on That's a Wrap. And, That's uh, you know, wanted to, to rep the, the championship <laughs> season, which obviously was the, the highlight of my, my six years at Raptors HQ. And nice. uh, yeah, it, and it you know it's uh, it, it don't wear it often. <laughs> Obviously, it's pretty <laughs> ridiculous, but uh, you know this is a special occasion. So I will correct you in one thing. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think it should be something that we <laughs> proudly wear, uh, replica or not. I, yeah, I, I'm all for wearing it. I just I think I'm in the same mindset of you. It's like if I start walking around with this thing on, I'm pretty sure I'll get weird looks. Yeah, um, but it, it should be. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I'm it's, proud of it. Yes. Oh, so am I. I do think it's funny. I, I'm sure you've seen those commercials um, for the finals where, uh, you know, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson <laughs> yeah. are showing their rings. And they're like, I don't know, a quarter of the size of the modern <laughs> rings. <laughs> like they actually look like something you could wear. Yeah. You should have given them like fake rings for the just for the commercial, right? Because yeah. it pales in comparison to the ones we have now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but speaking of, of championship rings, I mean, we probably should start things off by talking about the NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. So I, I will say this. Uh, I went on record, and I say record as in the, the group chat <laughs> with a couple of my friends saying that I, I think the Nuggets will prevail in six. Here, I'll, I'll even go so far as give you my game-by-game -game breakdown. Okay. Um, so what I predicted was... Game one, Denver blowout. Uh, everyone starts to think it's going to be a sweep. Uh, but Miami comes back and wins one in game two. Jimmy Butler reminds everyone why he's been outstanding these playoffs. Game three, Denver's not used to not playing in Denver. They haven't been outside of Denver in like weeks. So they lose one in Miami. Everyone starts to think that this underdog story will come through. But uh, Denver ends up pulling out a squeaker in game four, a blowout in game five. And winning in Game Six—that's uh, my really weird and convoluted uh, <laughs> prediction. Josh, I know we're recording this the day after Game One, but hindsight is, is twenty twenty here. What was what were your thoughts? Uh, what was your prediction going into this? And then, of course, what were your thoughts about the actual Game One? Yeah. So 
this is a very hard series to predict, I think, anyways. Um, you know, the Nuggets, I'm pretty confident in saying, have a, you know, fairly significant talent advantage. Yeah. You know, they're just the better team, um, top to bottom. But the thing is, Miami's beating the hell out of all these really good teams. So it's, you know, um, Jimmy Butler just seems to be able to, to rise to that moment. So it's it's really hard to predict. It wouldn't surprise me if the Nuggets swept, but it also wouldn't surprise me if, you know, the Heat pushed it to six or even seven games. Uh, I do think the Nuggets are going to win. If I had to predict, I I would say Nuggets in five. Um, I think Miami will win one in Miami. Um, I don't know that they're going to win one in Denver, uh, especially because, you know, Jimmy looks really gassed and playing in that altitude. Uh, yeah. It's going to be hard for him to catch up. I think, you know, game three, going back to Miami is probably going to be their their best opportunity. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Nuggets in five. It, w- it was nice to see Lowry have a good game. It was yeah. nice to see, you know, we, we talk about a lot of the conversations about the playoffs was around Miami and their, their undrafted yeah. heroes, as it were. And, and you know, it wasn't Caleb Martin or Gabe Vincent. It was, it was Haywood Highsmith who kind of showed up and <laughs> it was great to see. Do you think that um, the possibility of Tyler Hero coming back in game three will, will help in any way? Or is this the, the talent gap is just too much here? What do you mm-hmm. think about his possible return? I mean, I think it'll help a little bit um, just because, you know, the Nuggets are such a high-powered offense. It's tough for a team like Miami to keep up unless they're, you know, shooting like they did in in their wins against Boston where they were just shooting the lights out. Uh And so obviously Hero helps with that. He's a hell of a three-point shooter. He's a good shot creator. Um, But, you know, the downside with Hero has always been his defense. And so if you're you're Miami and you're looking to slow down the Nuggets' high-powered offense, you know, Hero's not going to help you out there. And I think, you know, you can you can argue the case that they've been a better team in the postseason without Hero, just because I think of, of what they've been able to accomplish on the defensive end. Um, yeah. It's kind of a mixed bag. Um, I'm sure you know if they bring him back, if he's in shape, if he's able to contribute, um, you know he'll help them score and maybe he'll help them win a game or two. Um, but I don't think at the end of the day it's going to make a difference in the outcome of the series. Yeah, yeah, it, it they really are a juggernaut of a team though those nuggets and and the yeah. heat are up against it even whether they're fully healthy or or not so you know i actually thought that at one point when when they were down i think it was like 21 points mm-hmm. you know spolstra is the type to try a lot of different things right and yeah. at one point i actually thought are we going to see kevin love like <laughs> zeller was just getting destroyed by by Jokic. i really thought desperate time call for desperate measures but you know, we, we didn't see love. I have a feeling we'll probably see him at some point if, if things go kind of in the same similar way in, in game two. I, I don't foresee. Actually, I should put my foot in my mouth. I, I shouldn't say that Highsmith is not going to have a game like that again. Who knows? Like, yeah, it's it's Miami or specifically Eric Spolstra continues to find gold wherever he tries out. So I guess we'll yeah. see. I yeah. guess we'll see it in, in, in game two. Um yeah. Anything on Denver's side that you're concerned about, uh, or do you think that they're they're kind of set in 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 their ways and, and they'll be good to go for the rest of the series? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty confident in, uh, in in where they're at. I suppose if there's anything, um, you know, some sort of a letdown, maybe it might be a concern, um, especially if they do win game two like fairly easily. Um, you know, they might be a little a little overconfident going into to Miami in, in game three. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see unless there's you know some sort of catastrophic injury, um, knock on wood, or you know Jimmy goes out of his mind or something. Uh, I, I really don't see anything anything keeping Denver from the title at this point. 
Yeah, yeah. It's they are they are destined to win, and honestly, if and when that time comes, they they re- they really really deserved it. Um, yeah. I should probably use this opportunity. I I've been hinting at sp- talking about Eric Spolstra, and I'm a little biased, you know. He's half Filipino, so I kind of, of I have to push the Filipino uh, out there, but. Eric Spolstra, would you agree? Uh, well, actually, no. Yeah, let, let's put you on the spot here. Uh, is he the best coach in the league right now? He's definitely up there. I mean, probably top three. Um, I'd have to run down the list and see if there's anybody that I think is 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 ahead of him at this point. I should point out uh, top uh, best coach that's currently employed because there's quite a few that are not employed this is right fair. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously you can talk about Greg Popovich. Um, you know, you can talk about Steve Kerr. Uh, these guys have, have won titles, multiple titles, and, and obviously have built incredible cultures in their organizations. Um, but the way that Spo has done it over, you know, these last however long it's been—is it thirteen years or something like that? It's, now, it's a lot longer than I, I when I, yeah. I was like, oh, he's only been in the league for like what eight years, nine years. Like, no, yeah. we're, we're double digits, well into double digits now. Yeah, yeah. And if you think like, okay, you know, um, he won a title, or won multiple titles with. LeBron and, and D Wade. And it's like, well, maybe it's the Phil Jackson effect. And this guy can win titles if you have stars. Um, but now he's been to the finals twice with, I mean, yeah, Jimmy Butler is a star, but he's not LeBron James. Yeah, and yeah. the rest of the team, again, like we were talking about earlier, the, they're a bunch of undrafted guys. You know, somebody like Lowry is not, you know, some sort of, of, of juggernaut superstar player as much as we love him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's it's incredible what he's done. So yeah, definitely have to give him um, all the kudos, all the flowers. Um, he's done an amazing job, and, and I, I believe this is correct. Has never won Coach of the Year, which is a, a staggering. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an incredible, incredible it. stat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you speak about Coach of the Year, and there is a Coach of the Year who is currently unemployed in, in Mike Budenholzer and several others, actually. Um, I should probably transition this over to the Raptors coaching search. I'd be remiss if we didn't speak about it. Usually we kick off our episodes talking about Raptors stuff, so we might as well go in this direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, rumors are, are, are floating around about a, a list of finalists, names like Sergio Scariolo, Jordi Fernandez, Darko Rajakovic. Damn, I practiced that. Uh, those names have been floating around. Um, you know, obviously, still Nash and, and Atkinson are, are still, I guess, relevant. If you look at the Vegas odds, mm-hmm. um, thoughts on uh, who might be the new coach? Thoughts on anyone specifically that you think that the Raptors should go with? <sighs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, you know, when I think about uh, those names that are out there. Like, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Nash. Um, the Canadian connection, of course, is there. Um, interesting to see, like, a pretty negative response from sort of the fan base um, to, to Nash's name being floated. Um, I would love to see Nash get a second chance. I think he got a pretty raw deal there in, in Brooklyn. Whether or not I think the Raptors should be the one to give him that chance, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, Scariol is an interesting name because he has the, the history and the continuity with the team. But, you know, part of me thinks it would be better for the team and sort of where they are right now to just like bring somebody in fresh who hasn't been part of the organization before. Um, you know, I think if they had brought in Adrian Griffin, I, I would have been okay with that, but with him uh, going on to Milwaukee, I think this is a great opportunity to just like start fresh, bring in some new voices. Um, 
And in that respect, like I would love it if it was somebody that hasn't had a head coaching job in the NBA before, um, which I know obviously scary if it's that bill, but um, you know, somebody like um, Chris Quinn, um, uh-huh. I think David Edelman's name has been floated around. I don't yeah. know if those guys are on the so-called finalist list. Um, yeah. But yeah, some of the guys from Europe that you've mentioned, um, you know, I'm also going to butcher this name, Sarunas Yasekevichis, oh, yeah. I think yeah, his yes, name has been floated yes. around. Yasekevichis, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have to work on our pronunciation game. If, uh, if <laughs> Especially when you're hired. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, one name that hasn't been talked about, but, you know, I think we talked about it in our, our HQ chat was Jerry Stackhouse. Um, I would have loved oh, yeah. to have seen Stack get an interview. And, and, and uh, yeah, he does have some history in the organization, but it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that um, a bunch of coaches have been hired now. Um, you know, Nurse, uh, Monty Williams, of course. And the Raptors are kind of just like still hanging out there. Hasn't really been anyone like zeroed in on this till obviously we've been talking about there's a whole bunch of names that it could be. It doesn't seem like anything is like imminent. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I should check Twitter. Maybe it's happening right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's I interesting that they're, they really are taking their time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of adds some credence to one of the earlier, I think it was a Grange article saying, you know, that they, they might already have who they want. They just haven't announced yet, which which makes me believe that maybe it is one of Chris Quinn or, or David Adelman, right? Um, yeah. They, I, I'm getting a little antsy here. I got to admit, yeah. you know, especially with, as more of the other teams are announcing it, we're we're down to what just two teams now, right? That that need yeah. to announce. So, yeah. Um, I'm I'm hoping, you know, just for our own sanity, that we we get an answer soon. I think yeah. of all the names listed, I think yeah, most of them I'm cool with. Yeah, I will admit I was part of the 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 negative Nancy group there on on Nash mm. initially, but I agree with you. I think uh, giving him a second chance, giving him an actual roster to do with like that Brooklyn thing is yeah. really really is an aberration. Yeah, I think that's that's worth a look at. At the end of the day, um, if Nash were brought on, I would hope it would not be his head coach. Uh, right. you know, my understanding is that most of the coaching staff is not going to be rejoining the team. A lot of them have been mm. let go. Yep. So bring him on as an assistant. I don't, I'm sure that's not what he's looking for, but <laughs> having his voice in there doesn't hurt. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that going the assistance route, like, and I'm at the point now where I've even said to a lot of friends, like, I'd be shocked if it was Nash or Atkinson or someone who previously held a head coaching role. So yeah. I'm thinking, you know, you know, give me Jordy Fernandez, give me, yeah. you know, David Adelman. So I, I'm excited. I, I think that that's, I think that this is a, obviously a, a turning point in, in the franchise mm-hmm. it really does set the tone for what the rest of the off season is going to hold right yeah the type of coach you bring in will also help dictate what kind of roster that, that they're going to have right is it yeah bringing back the same guys it is is it overhauling it like like some fans are kind of hoping for um yeah. you know it does seem as each day passes we're probably seeing the same roster <laughs> i say this with a huge question mark because yeah. There just is endless rumors about Fred Van Vliet, or at least speculation about Fred Van Vliet. Uh, thoughts on him? Do you think he's he's staying or going? I don't know. Um, it's definitely going to be a super interesting offseason just because, you know, whether or not they want to run it back or blow it up, like a lot of it's out of their control, right? If if, if Van Vliet or Trent or even Pirtle wants to go somewhere else, then that's kind of making the decision for the Raptors, right? And that's their, um, yeah, their prerogative as free agents. As for Van Vliet, I mean... I love the guy, you know, he's like Raptors to the core for me, right? He sort of represents everything that we love about this team um, and the city. 
Um, and I think he's gotten a lot of flack on, you know, Twitter and in a lot of circles over the last year, which I think is mostly undeserved. Um, particularly if you take a, you know, as I'm sure you have, take a look at the stats and the numbers and his season really wasn't any different than his all-star season. Um, you know, and, and a lot of complaints, some of the eye test stuff, but, Oh, you know, he dribbles too much or he takes too many, uh, drives into, you know, big bodies where he's not effective, but the stats don't really back that up. Right. Um, at least from, from what I've seen. So yeah, I would love to, to have him back, especially if they can balance out the roster a little bit. Um, get an actual backup point guard so he doesn't have to play 40 <laughs> minutes a night and wear it down at the end of the season. Um, yeah, and, and somebody that, you know, can play point guard alongside him where he can uh, play off the ball a little bit more because as, as we've seen many times, he excels in that role. He's a, a, an excellent spot-up shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would love to have him back, but also like would respect him totally if he, if he did want to go somewhere else, um, especially if, you know, it looks like the roster is in sort of more of a rebuild mode. Um then yeah, it would make sense for him to go somewhere else where, yeah, they're a little closer to contention. Yeah. Wow. I, just the thought, I mean, even you mentioning, you're right. Unrestricted free agency is unrestricted free agency. So the yeah. thought of someone like Pirtle just walking, just leaving is, <laughs> is a terrible, is like a terrifying thought, but yeah. uh, you know, sticking, yeah. sticking with, with Fred here, he also has the, that, that, uh, the mantle as, as the best interview on this oh, yeah. team, like easily, yeah someone who you can have a conversation with, uh, post questions yeah. to, um, now you, you've been editor for the last couple of years. You've attended a slew of games over the years, uh, in your, what, six years now, five, six years with, with Raps HQ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fred Bentley obviously was one of your, one of the, the fave interviews here. I think this is a, this is my way of transitioning over to the HQ stuff because I'm really interested in this. Um, so I guess, Let's start off with with the why. Why why now? Why why step away from from being an editor of, of Raps HQ? Yeah, I mean the the main there's a couple of reasons, but the main one was just getting a little bit more time back uh, in my life. Um, you know, the job is you know, it's it's a so-called side hustle, right? But but you know, running the whole site is it's a, it's a pretty decent amount of work, right? It um, is. Getting everything on track, obviously still writing a lot. Um, you know, assigning out stories and and um encouraging people to write, which isn't always <laughs> easy because as you know, in, in sort of the sports media, sports blogging landscape, you know, there's not a lot of money involved, right? People have to really like love to do the writing, love to do the work. Um, you know, you can't really motivate people with any sort of uh, incentive other than like, if you enjoy this, like, please do more of it. Right. Um, so right. it's tough, right? And, and um, you know, we do have this is a little like inside baseball here, but like we have quotas that we're supposed to to reach each month as as writers and editors in terms of how much we contribute. And um, you know, if if people don't meet those quotas, it's like, well, how much of a hard time can you really give them? Because you know, we're not really paying them anything. So yeah. it's like, you know, um, people have to be sort of internally motivated by it. And you know, it's tough because at the end of the month, it comes down on me. I'm the one that gets the reports from from SB Nation that says, hey, you know, we we didn't write enough stories this month, and it's like, well, right, right. okay, how do I have to motivate these people, right? And you know, so it, it, there's the the mental energy aspect of it too, right? Right. Um, so with my day job, obviously, I you know, unfortunately, uh, sports blogging does not uh, pay all of the bills, so <laughs> um, it is definitely a side hustle. And between the two of them, I need to dedicate more time to to the the day job and. Um, yeah, need a little bit more spare time back in my life. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was definitely time. And then the other side of it too is just, um, 
it's good to give other people opportunities, right? Um, hmm. It's not a job that I ever intended to keep like forever. Right. Um, it was something that um, I wanted to do because I enjoy writing. I love basketball. Um, you know, love the Raptors. And it's just like sort of a fun thing to do. And I always said to myself when it started to feel like more of a burden and more like work than fun, then it was time to get out. And it was definitely starting to feel that way uh, in this past season. And obviously, look, the Raptors uh, record this year didn't help matters. It's definitely not as much fun when they're they're not winning. Um, and, you know, especially look that that sort of um, mushy middle or, or treadmill of mediocrity, whatever you want to call it, right? I think it would be more interesting if they were a bad team and they were in a rebuilding mode, right? There might be more to look at in terms of like where the team is going and stuff like this. But, you know, this year was just kind of like a bizarrely average year, right? Where it was yeah. just like everything was just kind of like meh. And so that was kind of like, yeah, I think it, it sort of affected my my interest and my um, the, the sort of the sense of fun um, that I was having before. And yeah, I, I didn't want it to, to I, I, you know, when you're not enjoying it, it's going to seep into the work and I didn't mm. want that to happen, right? So just yeah. felt like the right time. Um, yeah. And, and is it true or false that, that you were rejected to change the name from Raptors HQ to bizarrely average HQ? Is it, <laughs> is that true or false? <laughs> uh, I, I never formally submitted a proposal, but, um, you know, I don't feel like the powers that be would have gone for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, this is, look, we've had, we've been spoiled, right. As, as Raptors fans for we have the been. last decade. Right. And, and yeah. as bloggers, um, and writers, like we've had a lot of great stuff to write about, obviously a championship, uh, winning organization, uh, great personalities, um, you know, from Damar and Kyle all the way through to, to Fred and Pascal. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I didn't want it to just sort of become like, you know, that thing that I just uh, got to do this and, yeah. and I don't really care about this team anymore or anything like that. So it was yeah. the right time to step away. No, I mean, that, that's a great way of putting it. And, uh, you know, on, on behalf of the staff and, and our listeners and, and the readers, honestly, we're, we're incredibly grateful for all that you've done to the site. Like, honestly, like, and I, and I see, obviously, this is, this is, you know, stuff that happens kind of behind the scenes, but I've seen all the different motivational tactics you've tried to employ. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's mind boggling to me how many different ways that you can come up with ways to ask people, hey, can you just write a little bit more? But yeah, honestly, yeah. outstanding outstanding and and the site is it. not going to be the same uh without you but the site needs to go on and yeah Ch chelsea's taken over and, and yeah we're, we're obviously in good hands uh with her and we know mm -hmm. we do plan on having her on the podcast uh nice. in, in future episodes but for now this is all about you josh and <laughs> uh sticking with with you and and your time as editor would you say there was a a favorite moment for you um i guess different from your your time before you were an editor like mm -hmm. is there a time when you know in these last two years where it's like you know what this is this is pretty amazing uh, anything <laughs> jump out to you well working with you obviously yeah, Jay. obviously i mean let's, 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 let's throw that part away yeah um, no but before i do get into i do want to say um you know talking about like you know getting people to to contribute stuff like that it's obviously never been an issue with you you've been like one of our, our top contributors and, and i love your writing and i'll definitely continue to read it uh going forward so i definitely appreciate all the work that you've put in uh, not Thank just you. over the last two years but uh, in your your lengthy career now with raptors hq we both joined um, the same time right that's right yeah we yeah, both started the... uh what is it january of 2018 18, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, so a pretty great run. Um, but yeah, in terms of the last two years, like I think, um, 
just getting to cover the team in person, right, um, at the games has been great. And, you know, I, I was able to do one game before that, um, back in the, the pre-pandemic days. Um, but, yeah, like just, you know, being there, being on the floor, like getting up and close and personal with the players and that, like that was um, that was pretty awesome, right? I, I think I've, I've talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but, like, you know, I, I went to journalism school um, many, many years ago now. And, you know, the reason why I went to journalism school was I – to be a sports reporter right that was sort of the, that was the dream and um obviously that didn't happen because even even back when i graduated from journalism school the industry was already shrinking right um, this is back around like turn of the century and you know there, there just weren't a lot of jobs even back then right um so rather than uh you know trying to work my way up through like local sports reporting and things like that i, I just pivoted to marketing where there's more opportunity um, so being able to cover the team in person, you know, as a, as a, a credentialed member of the media was like literally a dream come true for me, right? It's what I, I went to journalism school for in the first place. So being able to sort of accomplish that, even if it was like 25 years after the fact, and even if it was just a so-called side hustle, it, it was awesome, right? And I'm, I'm forever grateful to SB Nation and to Daniel um, and to the Raptors and the PR team who um, have supported our, our little blog over the years, which is amazing. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very grateful and very fortunate to have had that opportunity. Uh, you know what? I want to elaborate on that, but I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> I have breaking news. Frank Vogel has been hired by the Phoenix Suns. Ooh, okay. I've never done one of those. I think that's really cool. When something that's happened, amazing. I was like, should I cut him off mid-sentence? No, let's let him finish. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm glad I was able to experience this moment. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and well, it's funny because we didn't even talk about Vogel. We talked about championship that's coaches. True. Um, that's true. We know, talk, yeah, championship coaches and yeah. possible hires. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. I think that was the world just telling us, "Hey, hey, remember yeah. me? Remember me?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I literally just won one three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, initial, I guess, yeah. initial thoughts on Vogel. Like I, I I'm trying to process it myself. I, for me personally, I'm thinking, is Vogel even a better hire than just keeping Monty Williams? I don't know. It's, uh, I, I don't. This is obviously very fresh, but I don't know. I, I I guess you could say that Vogel, because he won the championship with AD and LeBron, the thinking is, okay, he knows how to handle his superstars. Um, so let's go that route. But I just, I think it goes back to what you and I were already discussing earlier in this pod is that, you know, for a lot of teams, it's you know, specifically the Raptors, getting some new blood into the system is probably a lot better because you know you get fresh ideas there are so many creative minds out there why not tap into that and i I think that you know it would uh obviously this this will come back and bite me in the ass if if we end up hiring nash or atkinson but i think you know there's a real chance here to to inject some new blood and that's that's exactly what happened when they brought in nurse right so i don't know uh any any initial thoughts on, on the vogel hiring yeah, I, I think, you know, if we sort of look at teams that are, um, I guess, more in contention, closer to contention, whether it's, you know, Philly, whether it's Phoenix, like those are the, the teams that probably look for a veteran coach, right? That's been there before, that's had success in the playoffs, um, has managed stars, big personalities. Um, so I think it makes sense for, for, for Vogel, even though, you know, if I was a Suns fan, I don't think I'd be inspired by his, his hire. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he'll do, he'll do the job, right? Um, the team with, with Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker, um, and maybe Chris Paul, maybe DeAndre Aiden, maybe. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, he, he's he's a good fit, I think Vogel is. Um, so yeah, I think it's fine. Um, I, I think I would have been disappointed if the Raptors hired him. Um, mm. Although I think I think if I, if I had to choose between him and, and Budenholzer, I think Vogel would have been my choice. But um, oh, yeah, point. I'm good I'm point. I'm not uh, I'm not bothered by the fact that he's off the market. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, yes, and you know if if that actually no, I was gonna say if that Monty Williams hire didn't happen, I would have really been plugging that away. But at that price mm. point, heck no, not when you're paying. Yeah. Eight million to Nick Nurse already next year. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way we could afford it. And I think that that just adds to the fact that I think we're going to be hiring an assistant coach because if you bring yeah. in someone with tenure, they're probably going to command a higher salary. And again, the yeah. Raptors are already off the books for for or on the hook, I guess for for eight, right? To to Nick next year. Well, I I wonder. I I would imagine with Nick getting a job right away, he probably won't have to collect on that. Um, oh right, yeah. there's that too. Yeah, That's a good point. So, of course, who knows what the, the details of their their contracts are and stuff like that. But um, yeah, t- you know, with the Raptors, I, I think, anyways, being a little bit further away from contention, I think it does make more sense to to bring in a, you know, whatever, a younger coach or, or somebody with with not as much head coaching experience who, as you say, does maybe has some of those creative things that you figure out when you're an assistant, especially you know in the league over the last few years, the game has changed so much, um, you know these assistants are the ones that are looking at this stuff sort of critically and analytically and, and figuring out, you know, what can we really do to make a difference um, with these, you know, schemes and these modern defenses. Whereas the head coaches, I think are a little more invested in like the outcomes the wins and losses, the personalities and things like that. So uh, yeah, I, I think if that's the direction the Raptors are going and it certainly seems that way, then I think it makes sense um, in exactly the, the opposite way of, of it making sense for a team like the Sixers to hire Nick Nurse or the Suns to hire Frank Vogel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and apologies if this is a, I know you've, you've kind of answered this question already, but, you know, I see we are getting close on time here. I just thought I'd ask about, you know, in terms of what you'd miss most about about being editor at, at yeah. Raptor HQ, you know, obviously you and I have, have been able to, um, you know, with our media creds attend games, you know, and th- there's, there's a lot that happens right outside of the game right there is the, yeah. the the two and a half ish hours you're there before the game there's the for me who's a slow writer the two and a half hours you're there after the game um but like is there there's something in that process that that you're gonna miss is it the uh you know the cardboard pizza in the the media room is it the uh the uh really shitty chairs in the media gondola what, what, what are you gonna miss oh, man. Oh, I'm definitely not going to miss the the gondola. That's for sure. Uh, you're just getting up there half the time is a huge pain in the ass. But um, I, you know, I think I, I'll just sort of miss like that sort of atmosphere, right? Of just like feeling like you're more closely connected to the team that you're covering. That you know, you just don't quite get when you're, um, you know, blogging, watching it on TV, or even sitting in the stands, right? Um, that access. Even though, like, and I think you're kind of the same way. Like, I, I didn't ask a lot of questions in those press conferences. I never really felt like, I don't know, the players, the coaches, they're only there for a couple of minutes, right? And there are people who covering the team that that is their full time job, right? I don't want to take opportunities. Th- those guys need to hear those as ask those questions and get those answers, right? In order to do their actual job. Right. So I, I, I tended to take a step back from a little bit from that, but just again, being in the room and, and seeing those guys work, seeing like, well, if I had become, you know, a sports reporter as a full-time job, this is what it would have been like. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just really cool. Right. Just sort of be a part of that. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, I think I'll, I'll sort of miss that just sort of like being in the middle of it. Right. Um, but to your point, like it's, it's a, it's a lot of overhead, right? If you're mm-hmm. going to these games on, on weeknights after working a full day, 
you know, you work eight hours during the day and then, yeah, it's like a six or seven hour commitment at the end of the day. Right. So we're talking like, you know, 12, 15 hour days. Um, they're really long days, right. Especially, you know, got to commute home after and, and half the time the subway shuts down after 11 o'clock and it's just like, you know, it's a, yeah. So I, I'm not going to miss having to dedicate that much time to it, but, um, yeah, I, I'll miss being there for sure. Yeah. And, and even just like, I think the one thing that I've, I've sort of had a little bit of sadness about um, over the, the last month or so is just like, you know, basketball blogger has been like part of my identity for the last, you know, <laughs> five, six years. Right. And, and now that it's not anymore, it kind of feels like, I don't know, I, even though, I, again, I'm not going to miss the work, I think I'll miss like ha having that be just like part of who I am and what yeah. I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I I can't help but agree, right? I mean, this, this, this it, I think it's been, for both of us, it's been a part of our lives for yeah. a good chunk of our lives, right? And yeah, yeah, it is, it is, yeah, it is a little sad there. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, I, I think I'll still contribute every once in a while to Raptors HQ. I mean, as long as, as, as the team will have me. But um, I think that that's kind of like what I need at this point is, is it for like not to be a job or just something that if I feel inspired to write something or if something is just sort of catching my eye, that's like, oh, I'd love to write about that. Now I have the freedom to do that and not feel like I have to do it. Right. And not feel yeah. like, oh, like there's three games this week. I have to figure out which ones I'm going to write about or whatever. Yeah. I just do it, you know, when I want to do it. Um, and I'm obviously I'm, I'm not going to get paid for it, but that's cool. Right. Again, it's not really, it's never really been about the money. No, it never has um, been. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that'll be something that I'll enjoy um, over the next little while. Um, but I'm also going to enjoy at least for the next, you know, couple months, not writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, even just like, I'm not a big draft guy. Right. So like not having to worry about draft coverage and figuring out like who the Raptors are going to take and what kind of content are we going to create around the 13th pick? I'm kind of glad that that's on, uh, <laughs> that's on Chelsea's plate now. <laughs> but then there's also a free agency. That's where the fun, like all the, this is true. all the, you know, cryptic tweets and, uh, yeah. <laughs> fake, uh, fake Woj accounts. Like it's, that's oh, an exciting time, but you know, that's for, for next month, uh, for now, you know, and, and today, you know, again, very happy that you're able to, to join us. Uh, yeah. that will, that will wrap things up here. Uh, Josh, any final words to the listeners, to the readers over the years? Um, you know, the stage is yours. Yeah, just again, like very, very grateful um, that I've had this opportunity. Yeah, big thank you, obviously, to to Daniel Reynolds and also Sean Woodley and John Goddess, who were you know editors with me uh, under Daniel, and um, you know I think really helped create the tone and, and sort of the style that we write in um, as a site. Um, yeah, very grateful to that team. Obviously, grateful to, to SB Nation and Box for the opportunity, um, and to again the Raptors and and the PR team for giving us the opportunity to attend those games in person. Um, and of course, to all of the readers, um, everybody that, that follows along with the site, um, you know, I know it's been, you know, a tough couple of years, you know, coming out of a championship high and and, and even that that post championship season. Um, yeah, there's obviously there's never as much interest in a team when they're they're not winning. Right. So um, I appreciate everybody that's sort of stuck with us um, over the last few years when, when the team hasn't been great. Um, those of you that comment on the sites that engage with our, our social stuff like we really appreciate it. Um, and of course, um, most thanks, uh, to everybody that's been on staff over the last couple of years, um, you know, that's contributed, um, yourself and, and, and JD in particular, who have been, you know, just like super reliable, always available. Um, you know, your basketball knowledge is, is top shelf and I really appreciate it. Um, and to Chelsea, I'm, I'm super excited to see, um, what the site's going to look like, 
um, with her running the show. Um, you know, Chelsea came on board um, when I uh, took over the site. She was my my first or second hire. And um, just seeing her growth over the last couple of years has been amazing. Um, and I think, um, you know, she's she's younger, uh, I think, than most of us on staff. So I think that's really cool that we're going to have that sort of youthful energy um, at the top. Um, and yeah, I think she's a, a great sort of unique voice. I love the um, Team Canada coverage that she's done, the WNBA coverage that she's done uh, and, and brought to the side and expanded us beyond just Raptors coverage, I think is amazing. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're Canada's only uh, professional. Uh, well, I mean, obviously we have the CE bill and stuff like that, but you know, we're the only NBA team here. We're Canada's team. I think it makes sense for us to cover more than just the Raptors. Um, and I, I'm glad that she's brought that to the to the site. And yeah, really looking forward to just seeing where the site goes. Um, again, reading your stuff, JD's stuff, Chelsea's stuff, just as a fan and not as an editor. Uh, I'm going to really enjoy that. Uh, very eloquently put, and I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, thank you. Appreciate like, honestly, thank you, thank you, thank you. On behalf of the listeners, the readers, uh, it's been an incredible run. And if, if, if I take away one piece of, of information that you just dropped, I'm glad that you're going to continue writing, even if it's a, a, on a casual basis. Yeah. You know, the the Raptors readers need your words. So, uh, thank you so much, Josh, for for joining me today. Uh, I'm going to actually end this because my dog's going crazy. Uh, for all of you listeners, make sure you catch uh, That's a Wrap every Friday. We usually publish Friday afternoon on any of your podcatchers. Uh, you know, follow us on on Twitter at That's a Wrap Pod. And, you know, that's a wrap. <laughs>